I'm Corey. And I'm Samantha. And, and we're Coco, Coco and Jojo. Jojo. Well, Happy New Year, friends. 2021 is finally here. 2020 has hit the curb. Wish I had a kazoo to blow. Woo! We tossed those. <laughs> <laughs> Kids were getting a little rambunctious yeah, with them. Yeah, I told Ella. She picked them all up and threw them away. Okay. She goes, but what about next year? I said, oh, we'll buy new ones. <laughs> we're done. The new year's over. <laughs> Let's go in the trash. She did ask me today if we could celebrate New Year's again. Oh, gosh. Yeah, in a year. In a year. In a year. 2021. I think people are happy 2020 is over. Yeah. Everybody's looking for... They're just hopeful. Hopeful that 2021 is going to bring some new changes, some... Um, light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing um what's gonna happen we don't know but i think everybody's hopeful i think this has probably been the most anticipated new year (laughs) to bring in in probably a long time Mm -hmm. so with uh our podcast mainly being about the film industry what changes do you think we'll see in 2021 oh good question as far as like releasing movies and all of it well i imagine it's got to be difficult to be filming some new stuff i know it's not impossible because they've still been filming shows but difficult um well if anyone has the money to build their own bubble it'd be hollywood true true and they can well i mean i don't know i don't do film i guess they can film stuff fast but some things take quite a while to film correct um depends on what you're doing too i mean that movie i don't know how many of you are familiar with the movie Boyhood, but that literally took 14 years to film because they used the same boy, so they wanted to show him as a toddler all the way through yeah. adulthood. So, I mean, if you're trying to do something like that, that's going to be very difficult. Right. There's obviously some that they can just knock out and some yeah. that are going to be more time-consuming to get the right film. Um, I think what you're looking for is there's probably going to be a lot more and continuation of the streaming releases whether you rent it or whatever um i think all the services are going to start popping out a lot more of their own just like netflix has originals um i think i saw some stuff for disney plus coming we saw a bunch because we recently i was showing samantha some of the most anticipated things coming in the next few years and uh, Disney Plus has quite a few stuff coming, not just yeah. in 2021, but oh, right. it seems yeah. like Marvel is starting back up. Yeah. Um, that'll be big for a lot of... Uh, that was a big hit. I mean, obviously, people love those movies. So that'll be big for Disney to get that going again. We saw, I th- and we spoke on HBO Max, signing a deal with Warner Brothers. All of Warner Brothers' movies this year will be re- released directly to HBO Max. There's just, I think there's going to be a lot more streaming content. Um, I'm nervous. I hope that the movie theaters don't shut down like the bookstores all did. <laughs> I hope it doesn't turn that way. Um, I hope that they can, st- I mean, I know there's some that are open and some that aren't movie theaters, um, but it's still got to be taking a hit and difficult to continue to run when you can't have a full house like you anticipate. There's- there's certain um, movies that I just feel are better in a theater. Obviously, it's nice for like for the movie tonight uh, that we will be reviewing. Peppermint isn't like a movie that I needed to see in the theater. It was really nice to just be comfortable at home on yeah. my couch, cozied up, and watching it. But there's some movies, like I've told you numerous times, I'm anticipating Dune quite a bit. Yeah, I really, really want to see it. I don't want to see that at home. 
It's gonna be it's a huge budget movie like Avatar. Right. There's gonna be huge sci-fi graphics. Yes, we have a very nice new TV, but I don't need to see it on our TV. I want yeah. to see it in the theater. Prior to um, Corey and I having kids and all that, we used to go to the movies very often. Um, at least monthly, if not every other week, weekly maybe. Like I would often. say every we went, other week. We at least saw two movies a month in the theater. Yeah, we went often when we didn't have kids. And um, even after kids, we'd still go here and there. Not quite as much, just because, you know, going on date nights and whatever, getting out. Um, we did take the kids to a few. They were starting to enjoy them as well um, prior to COVID starting. So we definitely enjoyed going to the movies. Um, but I'm also, like you said, I'm... I don't know if it's just because of the season we're in or what. I am enjoying, maybe I'm just used to being at home. You, I am enjoying seeing them at home, too, and not having to go out. Um, I think it does save money, not having to go out and spend on, you know, then getting all the consignments. But it is nice to um, go to the theater and do all that. Also, for me personally, with film, I'm seeing, I still... You're seeing Netflix start to close the gap as far as making good movies. Like a lot of their films this year are projected to be nominated for awards. And, yeah, and that's just, true. And just last year, The Irishman and The Marriage Story were both nominated for Movie of the Year. from, And they were Netflix films. And then this year you have Mank, The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey, and... Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 are all Netflix films, and all of them are thought to be possible contenders for movie of the year. So I'm liking that Netflix is closing the gap, but still seeing those like big, like universal budget yeah. films is still like those aren't going to come to streaming services yet. So I and hope... more often, too, it was like a social thing. Like, you'll go to the movies with friends, not as often do you have friends over to watch a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there, I mean, you, people still do, but it's just not as often. You don't have as much seating, maybe, or whatever, you know? It's not the same. So, hopefully, the theaters don't take a huge hit. Um, They're working on that. Um, I don't know if I told you the big, like, Universal and Warner Brothers and all of them are are negotiating with theaters now to take a smaller percentage of what they asked for on the return of ticket oh, yeah. sales so that theaters to help can them kind of to help them to like back. give them like the assurance that we want you to succeed mm-hmm. we aren't trying to yeah. we know that you're hurting we aren't going to continue to ask for the same money back so hopefully that helps the theaters and if you guys do want to see one of those big movies hopefully you go out and support the theaters because i think it'll be a sad day when that isn't a thing anymore for sure when we're i I know when we get older it won't be it's just just because the way streaming is going yeah Yeah. definitely it's already faded some i think it's not quite the same especially people that actually invest and get into like a huge home theater in their house or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um, that, that just may be the, way, be the way things go is that people invest in more of like a home entertainment system. And even if you guys are nervous about COVID and everything going on, go support your drive-in. It's the same. Yeah. And you can be safe in your car. I know it's not as ideal as being safe on your couch. Yeah. But still, it would be supporting the local With theaters. the nicer weather, hopefully coming mm-hmm. in the next few months, you know, maybe look into it a little bit. Um, yeah, interesting. So, um, I have prepared a little, um, walkthrough of 2020, not that anybody wants to be reminded of anything that happened in 2020, but I thought, you know, since we just had the new year, we'd kind of go through and, um, just a few 
key points of things that have happened. Um, honestly, when writing it down, it was a lot of not happy stuff. Um, and I did get this list um, from CNN. They had a CNN in review, 2020 in review fast facts. So um, this is just a few of the um, things they had down. There was plenty, plenty more that I did not write. There was a lot of government stuff and everything that... Um, okay, so if we remember back to January 2020, January 16th is when the third Senate impeachment trial of a U.S. president begins. It's been only been the third one in history. Um, January 21st is when the first COVID case um, hit U.S. And that was, they flew into Seattle from China before the airport started screening everybody from traveling. So January 21st, that's the first U.S. COVID case. January 26th, do you remember this day? without looking at my sheet that's the day that kobe bryant who was only 41 um plane crashed with his daughter who was 13 him his daughter and nine other people were killed i when i was writing this down i honestly didn't realize it was that early in the year i remember i thought it was in february i thought it was closer to like all the crazy covid stuff happening Mm. and then you know um so that's crazy that's almost been a year from that um, then we're in February. February 6th was the first U.S. COVID death in California's Santa Clara County. And um, apparently it wasn't until April that this was declared the first U.S. COVID death because um, they had to get like all the, I don't know, they had to do all the research and stuff to link it back to COVID. So February 6th was the first U.S. COVID death. February 17th was the second COVID death in the same um, Santa Clara County. February 23rd, that's when Ahmad Arbery, who was 25, was shot and killed while jogging in his neighborhood in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, that was pretty early on, too. I didn't even realize that. Um, February 24th is when Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of committing criminal sex act in first degree and rape in the third. Um, March 3rd is when a tornado hits Nashville, killing 25 people. Nashville's had a tough year. Nashville's had a very tough year. Um, March 13th is when the Louisville police fatally shoot Brianna Taylor, who was 26. Uh, she was an EMT after they forcibly entered her apartment. Um, I think it was based on a drug stint or something. Um... I know I've heard a lot about the different cases that have happened and have come up this year, but I honestly didn't realize that Brianna Taylor was happened this year. I thought it was like a previous case that people kept bringing no, back no. up. Um, no, most of the cases they're bringing up happened this year. Yeah. That's why it led to what it March has led to. March 16th is when um, Trump limits public gathering to less than 10 people. So I think around that time frame is when, like, the official... I mean, every state was a little different because I think it went by state as to when the shutdowns kind of happened. But I think that's kind of around the official, like, quarantine date, maybe. March 17th, Tom Brady announces that he's leaving New England Patriots. And where did he end up going, Corey? He went to Tampa Bay, and they just made the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. Oh, gosh. And guess who missed the playoffs? New England Patriots. Oh, really? Interesting. 
that was the big debate among football is is Tom Brady's greatness strictly him or is it that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all yeah. time who is the coach of the Patriots and I'm not saying Bill Belichick all of a sudden is not great because it takes two yeah but it is interesting that Tom Brady went to the Bucks. they make the playoffs Bill Belichick all of a sudden is probably going to have his worst I think it's going to be his first losing season in 18 years or something because wow. Tom Brady has been there so long yeah um because Tom Brady is going to be the, the oldest quarterback, too, now to be in the playoffs. Wow. He said he's going to play till 45. He's already 43. It's amazing what he's doing. Crazy. So anyways, that was big. Yeah. Um, March 25th is when the Senate approves the $2 trillion stimulus package. <clears throat> um, and then I didn't have anything written down for April. I don't know what happened in April. May 6th is when New York City subways closed for the first time ever in 115 years. And they closed down to clean. So it was safe for people to use for COVID. Um, May 22nd is when Lori Loughlin and Mm. husband plead guilty to conspiracy charges in connection to role in college admission scandal. Full jailhouse. Yep. Um, May 25th is when George Floyd dies after the Minneapolis police uses his leg to pin his neck to the ground for nine minutes. That was definitely a big one, and it was kind of like the... That was the big one because it's the first time, I mean, you hear of all these things happening where police are killing, um, I guess, really innocent or unarmed black men, men and women, and, women yep. and this was the first time that even I saw it, it was on video, it was video and you too, literally yeah. could watch a man's life go, and that was definitely traumatic to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's when a lot of the riots and yeah, all that, that That's started. when the riots happened, yep. um, especially because you had people around uh, those cops yelling to get off of him, yeah, and they refused, and... They that was, I mean, a lot of people. That was an intense video to a watch. A lot of people from the outside looking in, you know, saying, "Oh my God, if I was there, I would have jumped right in." But I mean, those people were trying, and if cops have guns pointed at you, most likely you aren't going to jump in right, and do anything. Right. Those people were doing the best they could to tell yeah. them to get off. Yeah. Anyways, you can get off that. That video was super depressing. Yeah, definitely, and it definitely was kind of the straw that. What is it? The straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um. May 27th, and that wasn't even halfway through the year, guys. That was May. May 27th, the U.S. surpasses 100,000 COVID-related deaths. Related. Um, May 30th, um, SpaceX... Sorry, guys. I'm having a hard time reading my own handwriting. (laughs) Uh, SpaceX launches two NASA astronauts towards International Space Station, and this is the first time in history that a commercial aerospace company has carried humans into Earth's orbit. Shout out to Elon Musk and Tesla, because that's who owns SpaceX. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Also, fun fact, Elon Musk is best friends with Kanye West. (laughs) I don't even know who Elon Musk is. He's just, he's like, um, like what Steve Jobs kind of was for the technology as far as phones and computers and all that. Elon Musk kind of is to technology, but on a grander scale, like cars, like, cause Tesla, he owns Tesla, he made Tesla. 
so all the electronics and like the future of transportation. So it's also interesting that there's commercial aerospace companies. He's the first person to have the money to do that. Ah, and then there's government, you know. To do it at this level. I I misspoke. There's been people that have tried, but he's the first, obviously, the first person to do it at this grand of a scale. So what is he like trying to make it like a tourist vacation thing? Well, with NASA, yes. Because there was talk about who would, who's rich enough to say, I want to go to the moon. Take yeah. me there. Oh my gosh, that would be insane. Uh, not, but, not, I'm not I'm saying insane that I want to go. I'm saying that'd be insane that people would just pay for a vacation to go to the moon and turn around and come home. Yeah. So, But Elon Musk, because he thinks so outside the box. The reason I brought that up is a lot of people said him and Kanye are such good friends yeah. because their minds are just crazy. crazy and out there. But he wants that to be a reality because he just thinks we should. Why not? Like, how cool would that yeah. be? Interesting. Well, this was step one. <laughs> um, June 7th, the tropical storm Cristobal, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, makes landfall in Louisiana, flooding the Gulf Coast all the way to Florida. June 10th, NASCAR announces the display of the Confederate flag to be prohibited from all events and properties. That was kind of a big statement, too. That was a big thing, and that was a big... Uh, Especially for the NASCAR community. That was a big deal because at that time, sports had been shut down there was a five-month period in the sports world where sports weren't happening and nascar was the first to come back and the first to happen one their ratings were through the roof because no one had anyone else to watch (laughs) but then how they handled everything like everyone was also like i think it brought more fans that maybe weren't before because they're like oh wow this like organization is run really well and is ahead of the curve so someone who watches nascar on and off not super religiously but on and off i was impressed with nascar this year they did yeah. a good job um june 12th rayshard brooks who was 27 was fatally shot by atlanta police at the wendy's parking lot i feel like i vaguely remember hearing about that one a little bit i don't know much about the story behind it um june 15th supreme court rules in a vote of six to three that federal civil right laws protect the gay lesbian and transgender workers when I was writing this one down, I was shocked that that was even a thing. Like, just because of somebody's, what do you call it, their... Sexual preference? Yeah. That would mean that they're not covered under a civil rights law for working? That's insane. Like, they're still a human working. It should just cover humans working. doesn't matter <laughs> what else. But anyways, um, June 20th. Trump holds a campaign rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, calling the coronavirus the Kung Flu, in quotes. Um, July 17th, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg announces her cancer has reemerged and she has been undergoing chemo since May. And she continued to um, stay in her role as a Supreme Court Justice during that. July 23rd, the Major League Baseball starts their shortened season four months after opening day was postponed. July 30th, the NBA season resumes 2019 to 2020 season inside NBA's Disney World Resort bubble in Orlando. Um, August 9th, 5.1 magnitude earthquake hits near town of Sparta, North Carolina, and it was the strongest in the state since 1926. August 11th, Biden announces Kamala Harris as his running mate. August 16th through the 17th, 
There was a group of August complex fires that began in Northern California, and they were one of California's largest fires in history. August 23rd, Jacob Blake was shot multiple times in the back by police in Kenosha, Washington, as he enters his SUV with his three children inside. They were three, five, and eight, and they were in the car as the shooting took place. August 24th, TikTok announces that it is suing the Trump administration after they tried to ban the video app from the United States. August 26th, the Milwaukee Bucks boycott playoff game due to Jacob Blake's death. Shortly after, the NBA announces it will postpone game five of all their playoffs, including NBA, WNBA, and there was something else too. I don't know. September 18th, the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies from complications of metastatic pancreatic cancer. September 22nd, U.S. surpasses 200,000 COVID-related deaths. October 2nd, Trump and Melania have tested positive for COVID. October 22nd, the U.S. FDA approves um, redemption. Redemzivir for treatment of COVID, which is the first drug to be approved for treating COVID. November 3rd was election day, presidential election day. Maybe the biggest, well, the was, largest turnout, right? It was the in largest history. voter turnout in history, yeah. Not only did Biden receive the most votes ever, but the second most votes ever are for Trump, the loser. Yeah, right. So that was, the most, that was yeah. crazy. November 7th, <clears throat> Biden was projected the 46th elected president. I was reading somewhere that it took about four to six weeks for Trump's administration to recognize and, I guess, agree, or I don't know, to concede, pretty much, that mm -hmm. they were handing over the government. December 11th, the FDA authorizes the first COVID-19 vaccine, and that was through um, Pfizer, I believe. December 12th, Vanderbilt kicker Sarah Fuller becomes the first woman to score in a Power 5 college football game. December 18th, the FDA authorizes the Moderna COVID vaccine. What? I just feel like CNN forgot a big one, Chad McBoseman passing away. Yeah, that was another thing. Do you know I, when that happened? I don't know when that happened, but if you guys want to hear our thoughts about it, we did a review of his movie Marshall, mm -hmm. and we did a um, a little tribute at yeah, the end. Yeah, I don't know what episode it was, um, so, but look back. It says Chad Bozeman on it. Yeah, you should go check that out. Yep. Um, December 25th, the RV explodes in Nashville, Tennessee. December 27th, Trump signs the $2.3 trillion COVID relief stimulus package. Um, and that's well, that was the list from CNN. Like Corey said, there are things that were left off. Um, I just did a little bit of research, and that's the most inclusive kind of thing that I could find with some bigger events. Anything else you can think of that happened? No, Chadwick was like the big one that came to mind. Yeah, you could, they actually did a good job covering a lot of the sports stuff. That's all I was going to bring up. Yeah, but they covered quite a few yeah. of it. I thought it was a good mix of some. I'd say the only, weather, you know, sports I'd say the most that. interesting thing that also happened this year is, I'm sure it wasn't an accident, um, LeBron James and the NBA agreed to, like, wearing, like, jerseys while they played in the playoffs that said, you know, Black Lives Matter yeah. or 
there was 12 different phrasings that they could choose. Oh, okay. There was a little bit of pushback because they kind of wanted the freedom of speech to put whatever they want. Right. But I also understand where the NBA is coming from. They, they just can't, want approval. They can't have yeah. a player come out with, like, F the police on the back right. of their jersey. That'd right, because it falls back on them. It falls back on them. But anyways, that was a big thing, and LeBron James ended up winning Male Athlete of the Year, and I think because of not only did they win the championship, but because of his off-field stuff that he's done, which was a whole other argument because he's been doing that his whole career. Yeah. And that's like one of the arguments with him and Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was very like corporate, didn't make waves with anything. Anyways, he was doing that, and then Female Athlete of the Year was Naomi Osaka, who's half Japanese, half black, and she actually um, wore Black Lives Matter stuff onto the courts and was actually ridiculed and harassed by because in tennis you are traveling around the country. There's yeah. a lot of people that didn't agree with that. True. But she did that, and she still won two out of the four majors this year. She's the number one player in the world. So those would be big things to me because yeah. of what they did outside of... Yeah. Uh, they were great in their sport, but what they did Is outside... Is there anything else that you can think of this... When I was putting this together, this is a very depressing list. Very depressing. And we all know that 2020 was a very difficult year um, as a whole, not only for the country, in the world. There was an international list as well of things that I took a glance at. Um, can you think of anything that was missed that would have might have been Positive. happy? Yeah. Positive things of 2020. I mean, my best friend had her third child, so that was exciting. <laughs> Um, what else? We bought a house. We got a house and a car. (laughs) car. We actually, I mean, we were very lucky, I felt, this year. Um, Yeah, it affected my job personally for a little while, Mm -hmm. but um, we had a lot of big things happen to us. Good things happened to us in the year 2020. Yeah, I'd say the ending was a little harder. Um, We lost our dog, and I just think, you know, like, having time off and all that, like, kind of maybe financially or something, but you know, but other than that, I'd say yes, the beginning was wrote well, but we were lucky. We stayed fairly healthy most of the year. Corey did have pneumonia as long, along with our daughter, um, but they recovered, you know, and hopefully we can remain to stay healthy in 2021. Um, we usually like to sit down and talk about goals and stuff. We haven't really had a chance to do that yet. Maybe we should tackle that tomorrow, but we are working on some house projects. Um, you know, it's always a good time to reflect in the beginning of the year. and We had our one-year anniversary this year. Yep, we had our one-year wedding anniversary. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting a puppy <laughs> this year. Um, so, yeah, lots of things, you know. We got a cat. We did get a kitten. Mm-hmm. A feisty little one. <laughs> She's fun, guys. She just plays all the time and cuddles and sleeps in the strangest places normally she's meowing interrupting our podcast yeah. right now she's playful we don't know where she is right now oh she's she's sitting on the chair next to us guys she's here <laughs> in our podcast with us <laughs> okay so Corey did go through and found the top five um grossing movies of 2020 is that mm-hmm. correct um a list that surprised me, I guess, because this happened and we were definitely on the cautious side. We didn't go to the theaters or not. I didn't realize that these movies... This is grossing, so like 
it's not including movies that were on Netflix and how often they were streamed right, or anything right. like that. But if you rented it to stream it, like we've rented a few movies this mm-hmm. year and to stream, that would count in the sales. Yeah. So number one was Bad Boys for Life. Mm-hmm. I would like actually like to look up, did all of these come out before the COVID shutdown? Not, no, because Sonic came out afterwards because that's one we rented. I rented for the kids. Oh, okay. Number two was Sonic. Number three was Doolittle. That was really early, if not the end of last that, year. That was earlier, and um, I remember my parents Bad going, Boys was early, too, wasn't it? I don't remember mm, hearing much about it. So. Um, don't know. Number four was Birds of Prey, and number five was Call of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I know you read some more on the list. Um, what's that one that we saw with uh, Invisible, Invisible Man? That the was Invisible on the Man list, was, was in the, the top list. ten, mm-hmm. right? There was another one that I know that we watched. The Invisible Man, speaking of that movie, I think is a is a sneaky pick that could be nominated for quite a bit at the Oscars. Really? I just think it's one of the remakes that was done well. Yeah. And I enjoyed that one. That was a good I, movie. Yeah, I think most people did. Yeah. I think even the critics widely approved it. Yeah. We did. Um, so I just have a feeling... Also, it'll be interesting because the horror genre never really gets nominated. But I have a feeling in a year where there wasn't a lot of movies because of everything going on, it has a chance. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I'm surprised that Trolls isn't... Was Trolls in the top ten at all? Mm -mm. Because that one came out this year. I remember having to rent it. uh, But do you remember, just like Mulan, there was a lot of pushback on paying for them like that. Yeah, but I feel like Trolls was one of the first ones that came out... After the COVID shutdown, and I feel like so many people rented it, even if they weren't interested, because they're like, oh my gosh, a new movie, and we get to rent it and watch it at home. It was like one of the first ones to release to rent, you know, to watch. So I'm surprised there wasn't more, but people also didn't really have the opportunity with that one to go to theaters at all, because theaters were definitely shut down um, the time frame that it came out. My biggest takeaway from this list is the... Big movie stars are still the big movie stars. And what I mean by that is, number one is Bad Boys. So Will Smith is still a hot commodity. People like him. They want to go see him. Yeah. Number three is Doolittle. So everyone was like, oh no, Robert Downey isn't doing Marvel anymore. Iron Man's dead. What he's going to do? Well, apparently people still want to see what he's doing. Yeah, because honestly, that movie, from what I heard, really wasn't right. that interesting. But everybody <laughs> wanted to see him, I think, and yeah. his thing. And then... For the older generation, their guy, one of their guys is Harrison Ford, and here he goes, you know, in his 70s as a top five movie. People still like what him. Was he? People still want Which to see him, in? Call of the Wild. Oh, okay. And even, oh, on, a, even talk, on a smaller right? note, I mean, when in my childhood, Jim Carrey made me laugh a lot. Sonic is number two. So, yeah. I mean, the movie stars are still the movie yeah, stars. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I that's think, interesting. I think we always know that, though. Well, there's some. I think it was interesting. Because Will Smith's career, a lot of people have said, is fading off. It's, oh, fu- yeah. it's fading, it's fading, yeah. it's fading. And then Bad Boys, this is huge for him. Have the yeah, number one movie. True. But I also think that production companies and whatever recognize that. That if they can get the big nam- name, you know, yeah. actor, actress, they're going to have a good sales. Just because people are coming to see the actor and mm-hmm. actress, not so much their movie. And this just goes to prove some of that. That's a movie I missed, and I really... Bad Boys 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, we haven't gotten into our personal lists like that. So I'm kind of... Now that I see that, obviously the general consensus was people enjoyed it. I kind of want to see the third one. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen any of them, to be honest. So, 
Um, okay, so we're going to get into Yellowstone. And um, since we started with season one last week, we're going to give you a heads up now that we are just going to talk free reign spoilers like crazy because hopefully you've already seen it. This came out in 2018, the original. So I think this was what, 2019? This is 2019. So um, if you have not seen Yellowstone and you think you're going to watch it, you might want to just skip ahead to the to the the end where we do the movie review um because i just want to i just want to talk straight out spoilers like i just want to go to town and talk about the show okay so in season one let's just talk about the ending of season one first off um okay you start what what did you want to talk about in season one that we didn't really talk about because there were so many spoilers in season one, what did I want So, season one... Season one wraps up in a nice little bow, and I think that's why we didn't want to talk about it, right? No, season two was a nice little okay. bow. Well, see, season, I'm already going to okay, get... I'm season, ready to talk about season two, so okay, you're confusing. Well, okay, hold on. Season one, the end of season one, there's, like, so much crap going down. My breath kept saying, it's getting bad, but it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So, like, for example, Rip, Rip was off to try to kill this grizzly bear... On the on the um, ranch that was getting into the cattle, or they were afraid of, you know, everybody kept coming across this grizzly bear, so he wanted to go kill it, or take care of it, or whatever. He gets there, and there's these two like Asian tourists that are hanging on the side of a cliff because they're not where they're supposed to be, and the bear came after them and they slipped and fell, so they're hanging. So he's trying to save the tourists, and he's you know trying to bring them up. He can only really save one, so he tells the girl to kind of let go of the guy's hand, whatever. So then the guy ends up getting on the rope with her, and she slips and falls to her death, and then... It wasn't that he can only save one. He had one rope, and he can only lift one at a time. So he needed the girl to get on first because he thought the guy would be a gentleman and let him pull her up. And when he went to pull her up, the guy got nervous that he was going to be left on the edge and jumped on. Oh, well, the guy also couldn't speak English. So he didn't know what was going on. So he was, that's part of it too. So she ended up falling to her death. And then the grizzly bear came up behind Rip as he's holding on to the other guy, right? Or something. Somehow the other guy falls to his death too. And Rip is left facing this grizzly bear that's like within 15 feet of him. So he shoots the bear, right? Okay, whatever. So apparently that's illegal because it's <laughs> grizzly bear. So they have to call the game and wildlife somebody to come and take a look at what's going on. Basically, they want to decide if it's legal or illegal, if it was self-defense, blah, blah, blah. So this lady arrives to the ranch and he gets her on a horse and he's taking her out to the spot where the grizzly is, which apparently is like a few hours away even. It's not even close. It's how big property um, they have on Yellowstone. So they're riding off and she, I don't know, she's not a huge fan of Rip because of what she's heard already. And Rip tries telling her there's a horsefly on her horse and she's ignoring him. And then the horsefly bites the horse. The horse goes riding off from this bite she falls off into this freaking post, and then there's a post sticking through her entire body. And here Rip is now with this like half dead wildlife lady with a post sticking through her. I mean, it's just like you're just watching it and you're just like, wait, what? You gotta be kidding me. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Anyways, I'm telling you, you gotta watch these shows. Okay, so season two. We expect it to start off a little slow because that's how seasons usually start off. 
I don't know. Can you remember exactly how season one ended? We've watched so much so fast that it's hard to know where the cutoff point was. I don't remember. Um, so season two, we know that Casey has started working at the ranch. Um, he's taking over Rip's job as being the leader of the ranch. Um, we still have uh, Walker is one of the cowboys in there that wants to leave, but is kind of still stuck. I think at the end of season one, he decides to stay. And at this point, Jamie is still running for attorney general. He I hasn't, think so, yeah. He hasn't stepped down yet. We're right. giving spoilers away so I can talk how I want, yep. I guess. So that does happen this year. Jamie comes with his tail between his legs back to oh, his family. Oh, yes. Let's think all the, okay, so at the end That's of season... That's a big storyline right, this season. At the end of season one, Jamie spoke with a reporter and was going to give him a story about all the stuff that his dad has done because he's pissed off at his family. He does give he it got, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He yeah, spoke with yeah. her about all the stuff. So in the beginning of season two, the reporter wants to meet with him because after that he had stepped down because his dad basically won, you know. And um, he stepped down and he was having second thoughts. He didn't want her to post anything or, his, you know. I can't say his dad won, but it started to get to the point where Jamie had to play dirty to win and it would start to air out a lot of the family's dirty laundry. And Jamie, in the end, I mean, he's kind of a selfish character, but in the end wasn't willing to throw his whole family out into the public, yeah. even though he had already done it out of anger to this one yeah. reporter. So I think this is kind of how season two opens up. He's he's in this debacle with this reporter. He's trying to get her to stop the story. She's telling him that you have no legal rights to this. I can do what I want with this information. You gave it to me. It's mine to post if I want to. So he calls for a meeting with her in the woods, um, and he acts out of fear, anger, I don't know what, and he decides, and he just runs up behind her and kills her. He hits her in the head with a rock and then chokes her out. Yep, and then chokes. And then he's, of course, terrified because he just killed somebody for the first time ever in his life, and he goes back to the ranch and finds Rip, who we all know Rip. He can. He calls Rip. <laughs> he actually, st- doesn't he call? I thought he went oh, no, back to right, the ranch. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. He does, but he comes there. back like, yeah, sad. Um, and he gets Rip, because Rip actually wants nothing to do with it, yeah. but he does get Rip and one thing, because even though I'm not a huge fan of Jamie, he does have a point. One thing Jamie did do, and does do, is treat every besides Beth, because they got something that we haven't yeah. learned yet. He treats everyone the same, and Rip did say he respected that, right. that Jamie always treated him like a family member. Yep. Like, Rip wasn't an outcast in it. So, and that's actually a big storyline in season two, when we get we can go down by break down each character yeah, this season. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Probably. But that's a big thing for Rip this season, is yeah. being part of the family. Well, Rip's kind of in multiple yeah. character lines. Um, so anyways, Rip decides to help him out, and he helps um, the walk. He gets Walker to help them out, who's the other cowboy that's leery of the whole thing anyways, not knowing what's going on. Which at the end of season one, Walker and Beth started to have a little fling. Obviously, Rip is jealous and is ready to set him up. Rip and him have just never gotten along from right. day one. Um, which is funny because Rip's the one that picked him out from the prison. But anyways, so <clears throat> Walker agrees to go do this. All he is agreeing to is driving a car, having no idea what's going on with the whole situation. After it all happens... Um, Walker realizes what Rip did, and so then he's pissed off, and he decides to leave. 
And if you remember from season one, when they got rid of the other cowboy, Rip says, I'm going to take you to the train station, and he pushes them off a cliff. So he tells Walker that he's going to take him to the train station because he wants to make sure that he's actually leaving the ranch. And um, Casey pulls in last minute and tells Rip, no, I'll take him to the train station. And Rip goes, you don't know where that is. And he goes, I know exactly where the train station is. So Casey does. He drives to that spot where they've called the train station. Before we do that too, though, Casey has seen Rip kind of picking on Walker and being aggressive with Walker. Walker and Rip get into it for a split second. That was like a fight that I was waiting to go down, but it doesn't. No, not as... Casey breaks it up. Uh, So Casey sees kind of Rip about to get the better of Walker again and again steps in. There's something about Walker. I don't know if Casey doesn't like the bullying aspect or if Casey likes Walker. They don't really describe that that well because the only reason that walker stayed was because casey and his dad pulled up and said hey dude we want i think what it is because casey because um john said you don't have to answer to rip you have to answer to him casey's your boss and i think casey likes him because he's a hard worker he's a good worker he stays out of trouble and for some reason rip just you know doesn't like him i think for well it's because the beth thing yeah but I, i feel like it even started before that and i think it's because Walker doesn't really want to do the dirty business that that's because Rip the, wants him to do. That's because Walker Rip, wants to stay clean and out of trouble. Rip's loyal to a fault. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah. He will literally kill people. He'll do whatever it takes. John asks him yes. to do. Yeah. And Walker has said right before he got the branding, I will be loyal, but not I won't do anything, you know, dirty again. Like I won't do that life again. Yeah. We don't know really much about Walker other than he killed somebody with his bare hands. Right. So we think he's a tough guy, but we didn't get a chance to really see, is he a tough guy? We don't know. So anyways, once things got dirty and he realized what the ranch is all about, he has been wanting out for a long time, and Rip hates that, because loyalty is his thing. Right, you agreed to this when you were branded. You knew what you were getting into. You should, yeah. Um, So anyways, Casey takes him out, and he lets him go, basically. There was a moment where he was debating But there's a big moment in that car ride. Yes, that we, well, we think it's big. Maybe it's not. But there's a moment where Casey says to Walker, um, you owe me sometime. Or, or no, 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 Walker says, I owe you. Yeah, he and goes, Casey says, no. I, may, I may come find you for that favor. Yeah, because he goes, I won't ever forget this. And Casey says something, I have a feeling our past may cross again, which is just kind of, lead, it leads to either maybe they never do, but it also it gives makes it the, room to it bring gives the character it room back. to bring yeah, the character back. I know. Back. And Corey and I are just like anticipating when Walker's going to walk back through. Mainly because I like, I'll yeah. just, I, Walker's actually was one of my favorite. There's something about and him I like. it's his mystery too. Like it's we his don't mystery. Know I think that's what it is, is he's there's mystery to him and you think oh he's just some dumb criminal but every time he talks like he speaks with high intelligence yeah. and i think i'm just drawn yeah. to that character i'm like he's not a dummy he's no. actually really smart he so i can't figure him out he's very thoughtful with all his moves all his words yeah. too even when he talks to yep. him and beth have a moment in season one where they're at the fence and they're just talking about the ranch and like walker maybe it's not intelligence but he's like philosophical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when he speaks in his philosophy talk i i i like that talk and so i don't know he's an interesting character there's something about him and i think a big part of it is the mystery that we don't fully know walker's story um so anyways Corey and i do anticipate the hook come back but we don't know for sure 
my mother, who has seen um, all three seasons and has been watching it here with us a little bit, we asked her, Corey asked her the other night after we finished season two, he said, Tina, you can, what did you say? Don't. I said, Tina, you don't have to spoil anything, but I want to know, does Walker come back? And, and then she, she just said, smiles. maybe. Is there gunfights later? Maybe. <laughs> To be that says, yes, he's coming back. Do people get killed in this season? Maybe. (laughs) Which is, I mean, they get killed in every season, so of course. So yeah, so we anticipate he'll be back. Who knows? We'll find out, I guess. Um, So that kind of, and then later down, Jamie... Oh yeah, can, Jamie's got Jamie, a big storyline. Jamie wa- works in the bunkhouse for a while because he's now lost. He doesn't know what he's doing because he's killed somebody, and he he basically owes everybody else because they helped clean it up. Him and his dad's relationship is basically severed, but his dad yeah. doesn't have the heart to just kill his son off. Right. So he gives him a job as low man. The only other thing really going on with Jamie at this point is Beth and him are still like at each other's. Not him so much with Beth. Beth is yeah. at his throat. There is something between after, them. After Beth learned that he betrayed the family and her father like that, she has been guns a-blazing. But there's something else. Well, that's what Mom tells us, yeah, that we have to learn more about Jamie's backstory between her and Well, Beth. you know there's something else anyways because she says once you have something that you do care about it, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to take yeah. it from She's you. She's very so evil So there's something yeah. that happened. More to learn about that. Um, oh, and what we Which, do find out also is that Jamie's moment momentarily girlfriend from when he was running from the campaign announces that she's pregnant basically his campaign manager and him had an affair and she's pregnant well not an affair there was no affair <laughs> they just oh, had... a relationship can yeah. also be an affair an affair doesn't have to be cheating uh, well they had a, a fling i guess <laughs> yeah. and she's pregnant so um once some other stuff happens and john has to step down we'll get into it um, from the commissioner role, so Jamie takes that role at the end of the season, and um, now we get to see how he's going to act in that. And I don't want to go too far because I think that's season three. We started season three, of so course. What's, so, okay, we did Jamie. Let's just do the siblings. What's Beth's season two? Beth. Um, she has a. She at first doesn't have a wild well, one, but then it gets a little crazy. Yeah. So this is actually the. Um, Brothers, and we'll talk about the brothers that come in, the whatever the they Beck are. Brothers. The Beck brothers. They're the ones that we're kind of covering over from um, season one with Dan and Rainwater, who were trying to build the property. The Beck brothers have casinos somewhere else in Montana. And, and they, they also own the liquor license for a lot of different yep. counties. And they do not want um, anybody else building a big casino to take away from their business. Unless they're going to profit. Yeah, and nobody else wants to work with them. So the Beck brothers get dirty real fast. They start um, taking out people. I think they went after Dan first, right? They killed him. Didn't they kill somebody else? Well, that happens at the end. What they do first is kill someone that's on the reservation to make it look like John did it. That's right. When they went to... Well, no. When they went to visit Rainwater to try to get him to work with them, he told them about his his highest profiting black jack dealer or something his car dealer and he showed him that he was missing a finger and all this stuff and how this is he doesn't need anything else because this is his guy or whatever so to send him a message that they don't like that he didn't want to work with them they chop off his hand and kill him and that's kind of where the whole thing starts mm-hmm. so then, that was their way at rainwater their way at john was to kill someone on the reservation and make it look like a hit because john kind of has 
that ability to kill people like that yeah. too. So when the cops get there, they say, this looks like you. And John goes, you know it's not me. He's like, I know it's not you. I'm telling you, it looks like you. Yeah. Telling him like, hey, these people, whoever uh, it is, are setting people. you up. Yeah. So then one of the brothers pays Beth a visit in um, her office. And of course, Beth has... Not the brothers themselves. They never really... No, the one brother went to visit Beth. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, the, he went one, to the talk main with her. leader yeah. brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one brother okay. went to visit Beth and talk to her, um, trying to, you know, scare her Intimate, or whatever, yeah. and of course she can't back down and she just runs her mouth and has quick comebacks and... But, like, typical big men, for he's one of the few, though, that was not, and he just smiled at Beth, like, he knew that she wasn't... He knew he could get Beth if he wanted. She, I feel like Beth normally feels like she can intimidate her way back. Yeah. He definitely was not intimidated right, with but her I, talk. He I just think, looked at her as like, you have no idea what's coming. Yeah, like, and I think... Um, but she did warn her dad when she went home. Yeah, like, she knew what was coming. Yeah. I don't think she knew it was coming directly to her, but she knew it was coming. So um, basically she ruffled some tail feathers and pissed him off, and then he sent two guys to take care of business and kill her or, or attack her but or to torture her. her first yeah and um of course rip comes to save the day her and her assistant are tied up her assistant is, gets killed um they have at this point really beaten her up really bad and they start well the one guy that's le- that's one of the guys starts to try to rape her and just as that happens rip comes in he takes a couple bullets on his way to get to that guy. He kills that guy very quickly. Yeah. And then he kills the other guy. Obviously, Beth is shaken by the whole thing. Um, so, Rip is hurt now at this point. And yeah. this is like the first time we've seen Rip in serious pain. And his limp carries on for the rest of that season and into season yeah. three. Um, so after that, I'd say Beth char- Beth's character kind of just like lays low. She recovers from all that. She is definitely very shooken. Um, she acted like she wasn't afraid when they were there, but after Rip took care of them, you could tell she was terrified. Yeah. And um, well, her thing was even to her assistant, don't let them know that yeah. you're scared. Don't show them you're scared. We right. aren't scared, but right. she was. She was terrified. <laughs> um, so then we can kind of talk about Casey a little bit and John. Um, so then the, the guys... Oh, so... Well, Casey has the biggest storyline. Casey... kid. Yeah. Casey and Rip, I think, come and clean up the business. And they send the guys that came to kill Beth to the one brother's house to hang them from the thing to show them, like, you can't come after us. We're going to get you. Whatever. So that pisses off the brothers. And they decide that they're just going to kill... They're just going to do whatever well, they, they can said, to hurt John. Well, the main brother there goes, so who is who John loves the most? And then they pan the camera to the little boy, Tate. John's grandson, Tate. And you know what I don't understand? I was so... Oh, guys, I was so anxious at the end of the last two episodes. Corey can attest that I was just... I had so much anxiety. It's safe to say that Samantha is never going to be able to sit still through like a kid possibly getting hurt or kidnapped type movie because <sighs> this had her in a tizzy. You guys, the second they panned to him, I just knew that he was the target. I knew because well, yeah. he wouldn't do that. I knew that he was the target. And I just, from that moment on, I couldn't, I, every time I was like, no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? Oh my God. So at one point, Rip and Casey, or no, Casey 
and the um, security guard, Dan's security guard or whatever, went to the plane because the Beck brothers also killed a bunch of John's cattle to show a point um, with their plane. They gave him some clover or something. And um, they went and did something to the plane. But whatever happened to that? Nothing. Nothing. What did they do? It they looked like they some, put a bomb in that's it, what I but it doesn't too. matter. So when they did that, they did that early on, and I thought that they were going to have the boy in the plane, the plane was going to be in the air, and it was going to blow up, and that's literally all I could think about. But that's not what happened. Um, so Casey and Monica did get back together in this season, his wife. and Monica has her own little side story, but I don't want to go into that too deep. It's not, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it holds value, but it doesn't hold, like, a ton of value. She's like. a great character and everything, but if yeah. we do every character, oh, it'll yeah. take forever. Um, so, anyways, Casey and Monica get back together, and they live on the ranch, and she's just kind of getting a little settled to the idea, and then their son Tate goes missing, um, and that's, that's because the Beck brothers put a, you know, not a hit, but, like, they kind of put out a thing to have someone kidnap him. Um, it was to send the message... You know, if you take something from us, we'll take something from you. But they didn't kill him. And I think, I don't know if that was to, it seems like that was to get John to come to them. Which John did say he didn't want to because he goes at one point, he said, I would love it if they would come to my ranch. Yeah. Because John knows if you play on my my field, I got you. And they did come to his ranch and they (laughs) took his grandson. Yeah. Um. So anyways, then the season ended with them trying to get Tate back. And, of course, there was, like, a big mission with... Um, you see a lot of Casey's, like, military K- skills yeah, in Casey, this one. Casey, Rip, and John all out on the mission to get, you know, Tate you back. You see Casey's military skills because, honestly, there was, like, a high... What I thought was going to be a high climatic point, And Casey just takes care of business really quickly. Yeah. And kind of when they get Tate, honestly, it was anticlimactic to an extent as far as how easy it was to get the boy. The climatic, the high climax was when John gets a hold of the brother. Yeah, the the second brother. The, they, the main the main the brother that brother. we're talking yeah. about that visits Beth. Yeah, the second brother is secondary in case he takes care of him. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> he takes care of him while he's on the toilet. Yeah. Um, um, the second brother, though... John pretty much has his words with him and basically tells him, you don't mess with my family, you don't mess with me. He wasn't even going to kill him. But then, like the brother said, he goes, let's face it, you know, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to bleed out. Yeah, he was going to call, like, a helicopter for him, but he just decided to die in the field alone. Mm -hmm. And John let him do that. And what it also showed, Rainwater, the chief of the Indians, sent his right-hand man, basically his security guard, to help out because there was a pact that the three of them made John, Dan, and Rainwater. And um, this was his way of showing him that he was part of that pact. Basically, they weren't going to turn each other in for this because the Beck brothers were after all three of them. Um, So his guy saw how John handled that brother and that he didn't just kill him when he sat there in the field and had this moment with him. And he went back to Rainwater and said, you know what? John might not be such a bad guy after all. Maybe we can work something out with him. He said maybe he's an enemy, but he's a man of honor. And to the Native Americans, having honor is a big deal. Yeah. And so Rainwater goes, so what are you you telling me? And he goes, I'm not telling you anything. That's not my job. That's your job. (laughs) Um, And that might play more into season three because they, of course, 
I don't want to say anything, but season three, it starts off with a whole new person trying to get their land. I mean, it's all about getting the land and, you know, taking over. So it might be a chance for them to team up. We don't know how it's going to play, but it seems as though Rainwater and John are on better terms um, than they originally started. Um, so that's kind of how season one ends. And Corey said it ends in a nice little bow. It just ends with, you know, or season two, I mean, um, Tate returning back to the family. Everybody is safe and alive. And we just anticipate what's going to happen in season three. Mm -hmm. So if you've been watching Yellowstone, I'm sure you've already watched season three, <laughs> but if not, um, I think you should just go watch it. It's an session. I'm telling you, when we were watching the end of that season, I literally couldn't sit still. Could not. Season one has more action all the way throughout. Season two is a is a big build. But if you're into like Old West shootouts and murdering, that happens the last like three or four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good, it's like though. it's a slow it's a slow cook, and yeah. then it's all out. Yeah, and it seems like season three might start off a little with slower the slow too. Cook too. But we're dealing with different. Like the Beck brothers were Western, and were that was the Wild West. Yeah, That's what were, we got. They in were dirty, two. dirty. Yeah, I don't season think these people will be as three. Dirty. We're dealing with city billionaires, so that's going to be interesting. What their money can do. Yeah, we don't know. We haven't seen it. So, nope. but I think. They'll play overall. They so far seem to want to play dirty in a different way. Like, go ahead, take us to court, see what happens. Yeah. We'll own everybody. You won't be able to beat us. Right. And the Duttons, as we know from the first two seasons, aren't going to play that way. <laughs> Even though they have Jamie the lawyer, they aren't going to play that way. Yeah. Um, Which they're trying to get in. That's a big storyline, anyways. And I'm bummed that season three just came out because I'm ready for season four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just so into the show. I. I've heard about this show for so long, not really so long, I guess, just this past year. Never thought anything of it, but I'm like so invested, so like, the reason I get so anxious is because these characters are like, I just, you know. I know we didn't even talk about Rip, who good, is my favorite character. Such good character development. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, all right, anything else about Yellowstone? I mean, Rip's character in season well i guess it's a season three so i don't want to get into it too much season two it's interesting him and beth are kind of playing hard to get like they always do in the beginning but after he saves her she kind of concedes to that she loves him yeah. and he loves her yeah. and that storyline is building and it continues to build in season three and i'm really liking that storyline and well anyways <laughs> There's more good stuff in season three that happens to Rip, but we can't talk about yeah. that. So, Oh, no. It happens at season two. So at the end of season two, the finale, John... Before they go off to save Tate. Before they go off to save Tate, um, John writes Rip a letter giving him a, how, a cabin that's on the property and essentially saying that he looks at Rip like a son. Yeah. And Rip breaks down in tears. That means like the world to him. Not even the house. The him he didn't being Rip. Son. If you know Rip's character, and you'll find out when you watch. He can live in a trailer. For he doesn't he care about things. Yeah. He's about loyalty and family, and that's mm -hmm. why I think he's such for an easy character to like. Yeah. On top of that, he's also probably the biggest badass. Total of the show. badass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, because so, at, at, at a time, I was really wondering, like, I think we talked about it in season one. I'm like, I think Casey's the real badass, but oh no, he's not the badass. <laughs> no. He is, but he's he not. Is, in a different way. Yeah. In a different way. Rip just takes care of business. 
Rip's the tough, like, cowboy guy, I guess I should say. You know what I love? When Rip comes into a scene, like the bunkhouse, the guys will be like wild and crazy, acting a fool, and he'll come in and be like, what are you doing away? Go to bed. You shouldn't be doing this. Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes to the old guy, Lloyd. Lloyd, who's like his best friend. Yeah. yeah. Who, they've just been on the ranch long together. And he goes, dude, this looks like so much fun. Or I don't know, just something ridiculous. <laughs> he'll be like, come on, man. Quit. Start acting your age. Yeah. Because he's at like 63 or whatever, yeah. partying. He, just, he basically like <laughs>, laughs behind the back because he thinks it's funny, but he acts like such a tough guy in front of them. Those are like my favorite scenes with Rip because it's like his true character, you know? like That's what I think I like. And it may just be Cole Hauser's acting. Like it seems like his character just seems so real because he has like little, I don't know if they're ad libs or written in the script, but he just has like so many little things, nuances that he does in a scene. And I'm like... I, was, I just can't tell. I'm like, is Cole Hauser acting his ass off? Which I think he is. Or is this character just so well written? And I think yeah, it's both. For sure. So it just draws you there to There was it. a little section where I was turned away from Rip. Do you, do you feel like there was not... It was in season one. But do you feel like there was any point where you were kind of like, Rip is heading in a direction that I'm not a fan of? Yeah, because I thought that he was becoming a loose cannon where they're just making him kill too many people. And he was and like, his his anger and animosity towards Walker and stuff, like he was just getting yeah, to the point where he too. was just being a total douchebag and a big bully. And I was just like, his character was just heading in a direction that I was not a fan of. But they did quickly turn it, it around totally 360. and went back in the direction that we liked. Yeah. Because you knew... Where he's tough, but he's still nice and takes care of his family and his friends. And you can see his love that he has for people. Yeah, and that was what I was just going to say. Is One of the scenes that I liked the most is they show um, Rip with Tate. And he's really good to him. And, and you see, like, Beth, like, her, that's when you can and, tell so that she just falls in love. Because he's yeah. good with kids. And it makes me wonder if Beth at some point was pregnant. Which we may learn in future seasons. I don't know. It, there's been little drops like that because Beth was watching him and like admiring him. So there's been little drops that maybe Beth at one point had a pregnancy with Rip and she aborted it, which is what we're thinking Jamie could be related to in season three. But or we maybe not aborted, sure. but lost the kid. And there's something, something to it with Jamie, I think. Because the way she says, I'm going to take what you love most from you, it seems like there was a kid at one point or a pregnancy at one point that Beth lost and Jamie is a big reason why I think that's what we, we're that's that's our total mm-hmm. assumption yep. could be way off but that's yep. what we're guessing we will we'll understand probably let in you know next three. episode because we'll probably we've been like hammering these seasons out so mm. I don't think we'll stop anytime soon until it's done we're already like what episode four maybe of season three so yeah. um so yeah, okay, let's get into our movie. So we just watched um, Peppermint. We wanted to kind of compare Ava and Peppermint together. Um, one of my friends also mentioned Peppermint. My mom watched Peppermint, so we wanted to kind of give it a try. Is this an, a Netflix original? No. This actually went to theater. It did? Mm-hmm. This year in 2020? 2018. Tw- oh, 2018. Okay. This is an older film. Okay. Okay, older give us by... a little bit of a rundown on Peppermint. So Peppermint is the story of Riley North and her family... Um, her husband was thinking about doing a robbery of the cartel. Ultimately, he doesn't do it, but the cartel catches word that he even had thoughts of it. So they put the hit out on him. Um, Riley is out with her husband and her daughter at the time, and the hit is executed. And unfortunately, her daughter and her husband are killed. Right in front of her. Right in front of her. Um, So from that moment on, she... 
that she trusts the court system, the court system fails her. She disappears for five years, comes back a total badass, like is definitely trained in militant style stuff, military training, uh, fighting, combat fighting, I should say, and all that stuff, yeah, and seeks revenge on the entire. It's not at the total cartel, but it's a section of it. That whole section she is looking to take out. Yeah, so she kind of starts off with like um, the three guys that actually shot her husband and daughter, and then she goes after like the judge and the lawyer. And, and Riley and, North, by the way, is played by Jennifer Garner. Yeah, which we love. I mean, Jennifer Garner always does a great job in her role. She's a good actress. She's very good at doing. Unlike Jessica Chastain, who is it's the first time that she's done a movie where she's an action star. Mm-hmm. So you're not used to seeing it. That we talked about a little bit about believability. Jennifer Garner is always in amazing physical condition. Yeah, she and looks pretty jacked. From Alias on, which Alias is about her being like a special agent, like trained special forces person. Jennifer Garner's done action before, and and you could tell like she was really good in those scenes. Yeah, definitely. Just holding a gun, how she was doing it. You're right. I can. Now that you say that, I noticed the difference between Jessica Chastain's role and hers. The way Jennifer was holding guns, the way her fight sequencing was, you could tell that it was something that she was totally comfortable in, and it was done plenty of times. Yeah. Um. So. Obviously, these this movie is similar to others out there. One that you can think of in references enough with J Lo, where it's similar to enough. It's similar to Taken, where his daughters, you know, and seeks vengeance. And he seeks vengeance. It is similar. It's any vengeance movie. There's tons of vengeance movies out there. Yeah, and that's part of my problem with this movie because the question becomes for me to say, oh, this movie was great. Is it better than those ones? No, I don't and think it's so. Not. I don't. That's the so thing. one thing that I feel like this movie was missing was that I enjoyed just comparing it to Enough because that's one that I've seen so many times. You know, um, I liked the part where we learned about what she was doing in that time frame, how she was training, what she was learning. You don't see that in this movie. You see a glimpse of it of her maybe in like a ring or something fighting some other people but you don't see the training she went through and the hard work and dedication and her working up to that moment you just see her coming like literally it happens and then it's like five years later and there's guys hanging on the ferris wheel and it, you know she just comes back in like guns a blazing you don't see what the transformation between a and, and b that was i mean samantha's getting better at this <laughs> that was my number going to be my number one thing is character development through this whole movie's bad so you the only thing you know is she's just pissed off because they killed her family. But like Samantha just said, you don't know how she became good at fighting. Yeah. You don't know her thoughts or if she has any regret for what... Like, she is sad that people murdered her family, yet she's willing to go out and murder people. In a lot of those kind of films, you see like them battling with the idea, like, I'm turning into the enemy. Right. Like, I'm becoming... What Especially I didn't because there's be. a scene where she sees the the main bad guy that's leader of the whole ring with his daughter. And she has a moment where she's kind of like picturing her own mm-hmm. daughter, but it doesn't ever go back into They that. touch on that very lightly. Yeah. So you don't really feel for the main character. So right there I'm already turned off. And then the bad guys I'm supposed to like really hate. They don't even develop them. Enough. They don't at all. There's no development. There's no at all. backstory. Yeah, you're right. So it's like, 
why do I? I mean, I know they killed their daughter, but why yeah. do I they hate them? Like, like they the don't make of the me movie, hate them. Yeah, the beginning of the movie, they just jump into this one guy, just like saying, "Oh, go take care of him." And I'm like, "But wait, he didn't actually do anything." And then we later find out that you're right, he didn't do anything. They decide to take care of it before he even does something, which is just kind of silly. You know what I mean? Like, for the cartel to be so worried about somebody that might might rob them, so they just go take care of them. Like, it just sounds crazy. Yeah. It, it, there wasn't much character development. That would be number one. Number two would be, so again, these bad guys that were so bad that you're looking for like a huge climatic. The actual killers, I looked at the time, 35 minutes into the movie are dead. They're dead. They're hanging from a Ferris wheel. So she already solved That's, yeah. when she comes pretty back, much what she wanted to do. Yeah. So then you're like, okay. Yeah. So, it's honestly... It's, it shows, you know, kind of like the beginning is what happens, how they get killed, you know, what upsets her and all that. And then all of a sudden it's just like, she comes back and boom, those people are dead. You know, three people who pulled the triggers are all dead. So yeah. then you're just wondering, well, then why would she... The only thing I and thought... And you don't even really see her kill them. The only thing... No, you don't see it. Well, um, there was one scene where she says in the very beginning, do you remember me? Do you know who I am? And I think it was one of those yeah. people. So then I did think, oh, she's just going to go after the judicial system and we're going to see a whole bunch of that for the rest of the movie. And we didn't. She took care of them. We didn't even see easy, her kill easy. the eternal attorney general. They didn't bother showing that. Yeah. And that was a big character. He tried to bribe her. I know. Her. I know. That was weird, too, I thought. And then, But they show, us, show her kill the judge who was small in the court scene. I know. I know. It was so... And then who was that other guy that was like... He was there at that one warehouse, then he went back, and then they killed him. He was like a lawyer for the... But I don't even recall seeing him in the in the, yeah. pro- the scenes before that. So anyway, bottom line, really bad character development and really kind of just bad script story writing in general. Um, I think one of the things I did like in Ava is I thought that the um, acting actually was okay, specifically Jessica Chastain, they didn't even ask Jennifer Garner, other than to show that she is really good in fight sequencing, to do anything. I know. She really didn't have a lot of She didn't have acting. to do anything. Yeah, you're right. Um, that was weird. All she did was fight. Yeah, all movie. she did was fight, which there was I like, get. That is there wasn't even a whole lot of conversation with yeah. her, now no. that I think back. No, there wasn't. And um, I'm just... This is just my own personal preference. I'm not a huge fan of, like drug cartels and like all that and i know that ava had a little bit but this one was focused more on the drug cartel stuff well, so ava like wasn't really meant to focus on that it wasn't all. but there was a yeah. little bit with that lady running the gamble thing didn't yeah, she yeah, have like yeah, a drug yeah. cartel was, thing? yeah yeah sure. so there was like a smidgy in there but um this one's definitely just all drug cartel and that just to me like i just don't have much interest in it like i'm not a fan of those types of films and stuff um so that part was a bit of a turnoff for me um what did you like um well i liked jennifer gardner's fightings i mean she was good she was total badass um uh that was the only part i liked yeah the only part i liked was the fight scenes are pretty good because you can tell like i said that jennifer garner has acted with a gun before yeah and because a lot of the fight sequences aren't even really like Ava in Ava, they asking Jessica Chastain in a big scene at one point to just battle Colin Farrell one on one, no guns. There's guns, but they're it's a mostly hand to hand combat. In this, you're just seeing Jennifer Garner with a lot of guns. So, killing a lot of. Looking people. back on the two, Ava and Peppermint, which one do you think you liked more? 
think Ava, but it really is toss up. It's not like they're that. There's not a huge gap between right, them. Like right. I thought maybe going in, I was gonna have the way people were talking up no, Peppermint. I thought I was gonna really enjoy this one more because I thought it was gonna be like enough. Yeah. I think like I thought I was gonna really feel for the mom, but they didn't I know. develop that. I know. I mean, you feel for her, but it's not like much. I and the acting differential because they didn't allow. I don't think it's Jennifer Garner's fault, but they gave Jessica Chastain like. Like we said, they tried to throw in some like family trauma, yeah. and they, she has an acting moment with Gina Davis, her mom, at mm-hmm, one point, mm-hmm. and she's allowed to act a little more. It made me like her character more. Jennifer Garner didn't act at all. They didn't this. ask it was her all to. Just fighting. Yeah, they didn't ask her to, and they did want to show off Jessica's chops because I do think she's like at the very top of acting. Yeah, and they asked her to do that. They didn't ask Jennifer Garner to do that, so I pick Ava, which is terrible because Jennifer Garner is an amazing she actress. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think I would choose Ava as well, and it's funny because after watching Ava, I was like, "Oh, I'm not that impressed." But like watching this one and then thinking back, I'm like, I think I kind of liked Ava a little bit more. Um, not that this one was like completely terrible because it it wasn't. It was just it was really all fighting and action. And I mean, they're both action movies, but that one, like you said, had a little more acting in it. This one was like literally strictly fighting. That's and, all. and just better acting around the table. Eva definitely was working with a bigger budget because when you can get Gina Davis, Colin Farrell, yeah. John Malkovich, yeah. Malkovich, excuse me, and Jessica Chastain, you pay a lot to get those actors. This is just Jennifer Garner. Yeah, pretty and much. A, a pretty much. Out of people, you'll recognize one of the cops. I should know his name. Um, it was the one that wasn't dirty. And here's He's the other thing. That's the thing. They tried to throw like a twist in there, but yeah. it doesn't even feel like a twist. No. I feel like you like figure it out with no problems. Well, I don't even think it was really that we figured it out. You learn it like 10 minutes before the movie ends and he get, dies quick. So I was like, what was the point of But it didn't even feel twist? like a twist. You know, like sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, dang. But it didn't even feel like that. You're just like, oh, he was working with those people. Yeah. And one point, like, an FBI agent brings all this information that Riley North is in the area, and then she's killed off fairly quickly in her next scene. Yeah. It's just, it was poorly written, I thought. The yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Had good, good action sequencing, yeah. uh, but it poorly written. Yeah. And there's way better vengeance movies out there. Oh, uh, yeah. If I were to compare this to Enough, there'd be no comparison. There isn't. Enough was actually a really well written. Well, and Enough is better than Ava as well. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Ava's um, not a vengeance movie, by the way. But Even, I, Ava's an actual just action movie, yeah. assassin movie. Yeah. This is in the vengeance uh, genre, and this isn't one of the best vengeance yeah. movies. Enough gives you that like emotional connection, the actual action, and all that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely like a movie that I enjoyed, especially... I, w- I feel like it's one that I watched a lot in my childhood, because it obviously came out mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was much younger. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd say I was a little underimpressed. There were some moments um, where I was feeling a little bored watching it, maybe. Um, t- taking more interest in my cat sleeping <laughs> than the movie. Um, but I wouldn't say like I, I wouldn't say it was 100% terrible because Jennifer Gardner is good and the, the fighting scenes are well written and she's got good sequence and like Corey's mentioned. Um, so in that respect, I'd say that it's, you know, if you enjoy that stuff, it's worth a watch. Yeah. If, if you're just looking for a, 
like a easy action flick to watch. It's nothing you have to really think about. It's a it's fine. It's yeah. a fine film. Yeah. I personally am not into those kind of movies. Me so my grade for this movie, I guess I said there's not much of a difference to to Ava, but I am gonna put it even a grade below. So I'm gonna give this movie a D. Yikes. <laughs> this is the lowest grade movie. That yeah, well, that's kind of surprising because that one movie with Leslie Bibb on the farm that we did was right around this movie's quality, in my opinion. Mm. Remember her? She, this guy is on the Yeah, farm. did we, we review that on the yeah, podcast? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll give it. I might have given that one a C back then. I know, and I'm putting I that remember. below this. We should keep track of what movies yeah. we rated. Um, I'll give this one a C, I guess. Just because I like Jennifer Garner. <laughs> so, so anyways, for our next podcast, I think we are going to do The Midnight Sky. Yep, we have a request for that, so we want to get that one in. And then beyond that, we really are going to get you guys some of these movies that we think we're going to try to do two movies next um, podcast, but we're also still finishing third season of Yellowstone, and that one... Well, we can always wait on that because we know season four isn't coming for a while, so we may give you season three a little later. I really want to give you these... Uh, because the Oscars are going to be coming sooner. We need to give you these dominated I agree, movies. but I think that um, we're too eager to finish <laughs> Yellowstone. By we, we mean Samantha. We'll be eager to talk about it. I'm just sure. eager to watch it. Not even talk about it. Just watch it. Um, but yeah, we want to try to do Midnight Skies and maybe one of the um, Oscar ones. Did you finalize our list yet? Have you had a chance to do that? Mm-hmm. You found everything? I found the five that we're going to be doing. Is it here? Mm-hmm. We're going to be discussing The Trial of Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. We are going to be doing... This isn't it. (laughs) We're going to be doing The Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix and definitely The Sound of Metal, which is on Amazon. The other three, I have to figure out how we can get. The King of Stanton Island, we will be doing. I want to rent that one. Because that's on Apple Music. Um, We want to do Promising Young Woman and... The Wait, one this mo- is the one where the lady starts attacking all the guys? Mm-hmm. I want to do Promising Young Woman, but that isn't out yet, and I'm not sure if it'll be out in time. And the one I really, really, really want to give to you guys isn't out yet as well and probably won't be. Um, all the other movie critics that I truly respect, all of them have Minari either one or two. Is this the foreign film? Yeah. Oh. They all have it either one or two. And if they don't have it one, everyone has said because just some other movie like hits them more personally. But that Minari truly is the best film of the year. And I just, when I even saw the trailer, I was like, I got to see it, this it, movie. It honestly yeah. looks like it's a foreign film, but it looks like a really well-written movie. Yeah, I can't wait deep. to see It looks that. deep. Yeah, I can't wait to see that movie. So. Um. Okay, so we'll start watching. Maybe we'll do Midnight Skies and one of these other ones that we can pull up. I'm gonna since we're gonna be on Netflix, I'm thinking we're gonna do Trial yeah, of Chicago that's because what there's a lot too. of um, uh, society like movies of what's been going on in 2020 um, that people think will like uh, One Night in Miami is a movie that a lot of people think will be nominated for things. It's a story of what if Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and all had a had a oh, had right. a night where they all yeah. were able to talk about those that. kinds of matters? So there's a lot of movies like that. So we just picked one that we thought was the most interesting to us, and that we actually could watch. Yeah, that we thought. So was uh, that was we're going to be probably doing Chicago Trial of Chicago Seven. 
for you. And definitely we'll get Sound of Metal to you too. I can't wait for that one. That even has, that's starting to rise on my list because more and more of the people, like I said, that I respect are saying it's top five movie. You Is that the it. one with the guy that can't hear? He wants to be a drummer and like he goes, he becomes like a musician and a professional drummer and then he goes deaf. Yeah. So that's like. In like a heavy metal band or something. Yes. Right? So it's, um, they said that it's not really about the music at all. It's about how they create that character and how they really make you feel for someone that loses their hearing yeah so it could also be pretty sad but deep but yeah. i want to see that cool all right well we'll work on some of that for you guys um if you have any requests please let us know we're happy to um take a look at them and um don't forget to we actually created a facebook page now it's the coco jojo show on facebook and we have Instagram, Coco underscore Jojo underscore show. Um, feel free to like and subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to. And we hope to see your reviews and so on and so forth. And Happy New Year, everybody. <gasps>